Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So we are on to episode 16, and I am joined today by Jonathan Hickey. Jonathan is a personal trainer and a coach. He works with his clients online and in the gym. And um, he's also the host of his own podcast, the Built by JH Fitness podcast. And he also specializes in wedding prep. So getting men and women in the best shape for their big day. So welcome, Jonathan. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks very much for having me on, Kate, and stuff like that. It's been, it's been a pleasure to be on to the receiving end of it, to have being interviewed and stuff. I'm usually the one doing the interviewing and stuff like that. And I know at some stage we'll have your lovely self on as well. And um, then I'll be as nervous as you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I've, I've had my food and stuff, but that's all. I should be all right nerves wise, but I know there'll be something that will kind of catch me on the hop. Um, but as Kay has said, um, online coach in person as well, have my own studio in my, within my house and stuff like that. And have recently set up the wedding prep podcast and programs so that I can help brides and grooms get in the best shape of their lives, especially having gotten married myself, I realised and stuff like that, many people that I talk to you and I do work with gen population people and stuff like that, when they come to me they're like, oh I don't like what I see in pictures, so I was like, right, if there's a picture element to um, the whole scenario and stuff like that, I'm working alongside with uh, Brian, who myself and Kate, Brian Keane, myself and Kate had the pleasure of working alongside to help us with our um, our little kind of businesses to get them flourishing and get them moving in the right direction with different avenues for us um, has been absolutely, you know, incredible and stuff. But for me, I knew there was an area and stuff like that there that was unserved. Yes, everybody, you know, delves in weight loss and fat loss, but like the end is to hone in on them these people and stuff like that, because having said that, when I look back at my pictures, I was happy because I'd gone through a transformation, but then I know friends, family, others and stuff like that, that are not in a position and stuff like that. They look back and they like actually don't want to look at the picture. So as I said, it's costly, it's expensive when you're preparing for your wedding day. So the last thing that you want to do is have an element of regret reflecting back on, because when we, when you do get married and stuff like that, you want all the memories. You don't want to look back and go, oh fuck. I wish it didn't look like that. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, because I got married, like, Jesus, show my age now. I got married back in 2013. And this was before I was ever really into fitness. So, you know, I my lifestyle wouldn't have been particularly healthy. Now, I kind of, I ended up, I'd had a baby. In, I had, had my daughter in April and we got married in November. So, you know, I kind of knew as soon as I had her, I was like, I need to start dieting. I can't even remember at the time. Was I like, I was, I was either in Slimming World or Weight Watchers, one or other. I can't remember which one um, at the time. But, you know, so I was dieting and I, I got my weight down kind of from, you know, April to kind of about August, you know, and I was restricting and, you know, getting ready for the wedding. And then sure, once kind of the autumn hit and the excitement started coming in, you know, I, it was like, oh, we just have some champagne now to celebrate this. Oh, we're, you know, we're out for dinners and lunches. And, you know, um, I was all over the shop when it came to um, to getting ready for my wedding. And I ended up getting this dress anyway that had like a corset. So it kind of sucked me in, like literally, but like I could, when I sat down, I couldn't even breathe in it. Um, and it's funny, like I look back on my wedding pictures and I, I don't like most of them. And it's not it's not even necessarily how. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of how I looked in the sense I look back and I'm like, I don't I didn't look the way I thought I looked. I was happy yeah. on the day. Uh, but then when I see myself in the photographs, I'm like, oh, and like my husband's quite 
like lean like he's he's about five foot eight like he, he's he's skinny enough you know so i kind of feel like i look like this like the dress doesn't help a giant bride beside him now i wasn't giant but yeah. just beside him it kind of you know and my favorite photo of my whole wedding is taken at about three o'clock in the morning that's the one i always share on our anniversary and it's like we're sitting in the residence bar and he's sitting down and i'm in the chair behind him or is it vice versa i'm sitting in the chair and he's behind me. and like it's in black and white and one of our friends took it and and um, like we're both smiling and it's it's just a really nice unstaged kind of picture um and yeah i think because it can be just such a tense day as it is it you know to be able to feel your best and not only feel your best because i felt good but then to look back to not look back and be like oh no i know a lot of that's mindset as well yeah but um i think it's great what you're doing yeah no like it is and stuff like you know like one of the most recent ladies and stuff like that um she went through an absolute amazing you know, journey and transformation, and as a direct result and stuff, she, you know, has completely switched her mindset and you know her way of thinking and stuff coming through. And I think for her, it was like the non-restrictive approach, obviously that you know you've talked about there through the likes of said slimming cultures and stuff like that, like you know that promote this element and it creates a negative relationship for people with certain food groups. And it's not, you know, it's not something that you want to be stressing about, you know, with your wedding and stuff like that around the corner, because it's a, it can be an absolute shit show. And like that again is the, the whole idea of behind the wedding prep podcast and the wedding prepper by John Hickey and stuff like that, or JH Fitness, is to remove that element of stress. So you're turning up, not just looking incredibly well and stuff like that, but like feeling, because like for me and stuff like that's all about like internally, because like you can have an, an amazing body and stuff like that, but you can feel shit on the inside, and it doesn't make a difference how you look, what, how you feel inside is not going to, you know, match where both your mindset and your stuff like that, and your heart and stuff like that is there, that, like, you'll you'll see yourself, and you'll pick out your flaws, regardless of how you look, but if you're ex not accepting it, of how you feel, how you look, well, then there's a disconnect there, and that's massively, like, what I work with, with some of the the people here and stuff like that as well like most recently as well is one of the lads who's recently started he's getting married in april may of next year and like in a short space of time the chap has completely changed like to where he's like you know i think a couple of pounds short of stone um for me and stuff like that I said that we don't get hung up in that like it's we celebrate it you know we move on and we f keep our focus but like then as a, his body fat his health markers improving like he's sleeping better his mood is better you know his clothes are fitting better. He's feeling more confident and stuff like that. Where I see an actual pep in his step and stuff like that when he's coming into the into the gym. He turns up to his session now with a smile on his face, where I was like a little bit hesitant at the beginning. And that's the thing is like we don't want to reflect back on a fucking monstrous day of spending an awful lot of cash and then going, oh, I don't like that photo. I like the mm -hmm. photo and stuff like the one in the residence bar when absolutely legless. <laughs> you know, and that, that's the thing. You know, that's that's the big thing for me and stuff like that is to help people. Yeah. The, get them to that position of how they're, they're feeling and looking yeah and you know like i really wish i'd had someone like you went back then you know that could have worked on my mindset with me got me into the gym shown me how to kind of feel empowered and um you know it's just it's just something that i don't know that was not in my radar at the time and um yeah i don't know whether it just wasn't available at the time or just it, it wasn't it wasn't in my kind of bubble if you like so oh. I, I didn't know anything about you know working with a personal trainer or anything like that at the time and it would have been so so beneficial like you know just to 
in how I would have felt as well more than anything else. So what I wanted to ask about in relation to like yeah. wedding prep compared to just say, so just say you're working with Mary who's just wants to get fit and healthy, wants to be able to keep up with her kids and she wants to feel better, be healthier, get fitter. Um, and there's not really a time limit on it. She just wants, you know, you're kind of taking a slower approach. But then you've got Sheila who's got a wedding in six months time. And yeah. so there's a time limit. She has a goal that she wants to reach. She's going to probably be a little bit more focused. But how do you avoid the crash diet mentality with a wedding prep client compared to someone who's just in it for the long haul? Yeah, so for me, it's a big thing and stuff like that is not to um, have that element because it's not something that I promote within, you know, obviously, or I try to remove from people that have come from different things. So, like, you've got, like, obviously, Mary up the road, and then you've got, like, Sheila that's going to, you know, get married in six months. Is It's condensing what we would usually do in a long-term approach to make sure that she has an exit strategy once she gets to her said position, you know, or she gets to her within her special day or, you know, month out and stuff like that, like, that she is turning up in the best possible position, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually for herself. But then once she finishes and stuff like that, coaching and stuff like that, if she does, sometimes they don't even after the wedding prep and stuff that they can continue on. Um, but if she does and stuff and she said, right, I've learned the tools and resources to do it on my own, well, then that's my job done because I don't want anybody and stuff like that with me any longer. If somebody's got like a shorter time frame, well, then we've got to kind of unpack all the shit, essentially, you know, to make sure that they have the tools and resources to carry on that sustainable result that they will get within working with, with me within, we say, six months. And that's why I would advocate six months longer, you know, to make sure it's nice and easy. I can only speak personally now from the two people that are working with me currently that are getting ready for the wedding. So they're, they're both two months into their journey and stuff, and they're not getting married till April of May of next year. And that's, that's the thing and stuff like that. But already they've seen a switch in the relationships with food, how to see it what they can do, you know, to fuel themselves and stuff like that. And they know that now their their mindset now has switched massively and stuff like that, not just to the wedding, but it's like lifestyle, you know, wanting to have kids and stuff like that after. So like they're looking beyond that journey now and stuff yeah. like that yeah. for them. And that that's the thing and stuff like that. There'll always be like with new levels, to be new devils, you unlock new things and stuff. And you'll get to said destination potentially a little bit quicker. And then you'll want to, you know, you know, vibe or, you know, focus in on something else, you know, health markers and stuff or getting pregnant, you know, for ladies and stuff. I know it is. But as I say and stuff, the whole thing is within my whole, whole coaching philosophy is I don't want anybody with me any fucking longer than they don't have to be and stuff like yeah. that. I want them. Once they'll say to me, right, John, I'm off, I'm good, I'm happy, that's that's perfectly fine, but I won't let somebody, you know, go. Well, obviously, I can't hold a gun to anybody's head and tell them you've got to stay coaching, but I'll know it's a disservice to them if I let them go when they've got unfinished business because that's when people will revert back to the old ways. I've seen it and stuff like that over the years of coaching. I'm in the game like 14 years now and stuff like that. Like, I sound like a dinosaur, but it's... <laughs> It's that element and stuff like that. When a person thinks they're ready, they've got a little bit more to do to solidify those roles so they do have them or a long-lasting change. And that's, as I say, that's something like, you know, I can't hold a gun to anybody's head and tell them they've got to stay coaching, you know, for whatever reason. But what I will do and make sure is that they're ready. Other than that and stuff like that, I said, don't want anybody with me any longer than they have to be. 
I like you know I've got my own coach and stuff like that, and I'm with him for the last two years. But like again, is constantly you know changing goals, revisiting and stuff like that as well. And um, I know what to do, but I won't do it. So that's why I've got somebody holding me to a higher accountable standard to myself. It's like yeah. call me out my own bluff. You know, if things yeah. are moving or not moving for that case, it's like, well, he's going to go right here. You're, you're telling me this, but you're doing the exact opposite. And that's, that's what I do with my clients. It's like, well, yeah. if things are not moving or things are, you're not where you want to be, but if something you're not telling me, and I said, it's all built on like no trust and rapport with whatever coach you work with or when your clients come to you. They've been watching you for a while and then they, they want to know that you're the right fit for them. And as I say, like, you know, that's the big thing is the not have anybody with you any longer than you need to, you know, and that's, for, for me, that's a big thing, because, like, it's not all about money and stuff like that, like, you know, it's, like, for me, it's health first, and then, obviously, you get paid, you know, incredibly well and stuff like that for what you do, or to help yeah. people. You know, there's so so much value in what you've just said there. A couple of points I just want to go back on there that you said. The yeah. first is, I suppose, if someone is getting ready for a wedding, as soon as they, they kind of have set the date, it's probably time to if they do want to go on this journey to book their personal trainer and start on the journey with as much time as possible really rather than leaving it six months obviously you know six months is all you have that's great but the longer you have the easier it can be to reach your goal isn't that right you can take it a little bit slower yep. um, and then the other point then which I thought is really important and not, and not a lot of personal trainers will say it is that really after about six months your your clients shouldn't need you. They might want to stay with you like you stay with your coach. You know, like I'm working with a coach at the minute as well. It's important that coaches have coaches at different stages. Everyone needs a coach every now and again. But you do it for, if you're setting new goals, you do it because you want to, you're recognizing you want the accountability, but that your clients really should be able to go off on their own if that's what they want to do. Yeah. They feel that they need you. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. Like like so, something that I say to anybody that jump on a consultation call and stuff like that. Number one is like if someone reaches out to me, first thing they've got to do is they got to fill out a health questionnaire. If they can't be bothered to do that for me and stuff like that, well then sorry, good luck. I'm not going to work with you because you're not and I saw it probably seems harsh, but it's like if you can't do the simplest of tasks first, how can you be expected to do the most not the most hardest, but like when when stuff gets tough, it's tough, like you know, it's like you know, your journey's not easy and stuff like that. I know you've been on a journey and stuff like that, Kate, because obviously we've talked about it and it wasn't easy to get to where you are. And mm. like that again is, if you can't, if, if you couldn't do the simplest of tasks first, well then how can you expect to get to where you are now, you know, by not having done them? And that's why I say to people when they reach out to me, is like, if you can't fill out a health questionnaire and stuff, well then potentially I'm not the right fit for you, unfortunately. Um, and then, and then secondly and stuff like that, as you say, like, you know, it's like, yeah, if the said client, you know, gets to the end of the, the journey and they no longer need you, like as somebody, uh, because I'm studying at the moment, is I'm hoping I'm going to get this right. Is he said like you know give them everything that everything that they need and stuff like that. So like that and treat them incredibly well so they'll stay with you and stuff yeah. like that. So give them everything they need, but you're treating them incredibly well and stuff like that. So they'll stay with you. And that's the thing. It's you do your job incredibly well and stuff like that. And people see the value in it. They'll 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 stay with you because they think they know right. This person has my best interests at heart. And stuff like that. Yes, I might have got to this goal, but what can I achieve next? And that's that's the thing is that you know it's it's that element of it. Like you know, is you shouldn't shouldn't need like, but uh, people are afraid. Or like I've been there, you know, being afraid and stuff like that. Of oh, what about if 
such and such leaves. Yeah, really grand. It's going to you know, take a dip and stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure at some stage somebody's going to be ready and stuff like that. And I'll be the one that they've been looking at for the last little while and going, right, going to reach out to John now and stuff like that and see if he can help me on my journey. And then yeah. you filled you know, that place. And that's, that's, I know it's easier said than done. Like, you know, if you don't see the stress and stuff like that, it's like, I am going bald. But it's like <laughs> that again, his, it's that element of it. Like, yeah, it's cause of stress. But like, again, is you can't do anything about it. You can't run out around like where I live and stuff like that and go randomly searching for people and, you know, hold a gun to their head or, you know, drag them in off the street and tell them to go and train it. <laughs> it doesn't work yeah. like that way. You know, but what's so exciting is like when when people start on their journey is that it turns into something else. You know what I mean? Like that a lot of people that have started with me will just literally want to lose weight. And then when they start and we start working on mindset, we start working on kind of basic habits, it, it turns into something else. And then they reach that goal and suddenly there's a new goal. And it's amazing. It just turns into this whole kind of life, like of self-discovery. Like, and it, it, what I love about a health and fitness journey is it's literally for life. It's not a diet. There's always going to be something to strive for. Like so much so that like, you know, I'm literally changing my whole career, my whole life around it. Now that's how much of a journey I've gone on. Um, but it's so exciting. Like not everyone needs to do that, obviously, but it's so exciting that, you know, for clients that are really committed to it, it, you know, it's, it is life changing and it's not complicated. Like you said, simple habits, you know, filling out the health questionnaire, doing your check-ins, sleep, water, all that kind of, you know, simple things. And it's the simple stuff consistently that really does change your life. Yeah, but it's, but that's the that's the thing and stuff like that. Kay, is like people forget about it. Like you know, it's like they think that it's the the big um the big changes that the a massive upheaval. You know, it's going to bring about this incredible change within their life. But it's like not looking at the smaller things, looking at yeah. your 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 sleep, your nutrition, your hydration, and stuff like that. Like having elements that don't involve um what you call it training per se and stuff like that like you know going for walks you know recreational stuff and going for hikes yeah for some people that might be fitness but like for somebody else that could be just like allegedly walking the park with the dog and stuff and it's like as the lower hanging fruit for them is incredibly you know beneficial for them yeah i don't think people realize how underrated walking is for fat loss like it's you know how like not that we're exercising to burn calories but how much of a difference all that needs your non-exercise activity thermogenesis like how the difference that actually adds up to throughout your week by just getting moving more even if someone doesn't have the confidence to start training in the gym or you know doesn't know what to do in relation to resistance training by suddenly not being at your desk all day and your sofa all evening to actually just moving a bit every day can make a massive difference and that's, that's, that's the thing and stuff like that is like, I'm not too sure if you can hear an echo on, on your side or my side. No, I can't I hear an yeah. Oh, I can now. Do you have your headphones thing? I don't have my headphones. I have my, my, my mic in there. So I'm not too sure if I clicked it on my side. So I'm did not you too sure click, if we... I'm not using headphones? I did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it should be okay. Um... So I'm not too sure because I can. It's I can gone now. It now. Is it? It's gone. I'm not too I think sure. It's gone now. Don't worry. It'll be all good. It's all just a leisurely chat, though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, in relation to the walking, though, like it really does make such a difference. And what I love about the simple daily habits 
is it doubles up like it doubles up as for your mental health as well as your physical health. Yeah, but like, but that's the thing, and it's the, the low hanging fruits that we, you know, we all get like, or we all lose track of and stuff. As you said, like walking's underrated and stuff like that. Like you know, f- for me and stuff like that is like you know, just spending time with my daughter and stuff like that. Like all of these things are underrated, like, you know, because we go and do all these massive, you know, tasks and stuff, and expect a massive return, and for whatever reason, but we don't get to our set goal because we've overlooked the smaller, simpler tasks or habits and stacking them on top of one another and stuff. As they'll say to people, like, you know, is when they, when they, when they come court, wherever they are on their journey, some people start dipping time points and stuff. As I said to them, it's like, you've got to go in, go in small. It's like, if you can't swim, you don't jump into the deep end and stuff like that. Like, you're, you're, yeah. you're going to sink and you're going to have a very, very bad experience. And it's like, again, is when you start off on your journey, it's like, do what you can and stuff like, you know, it's like, if it's like doing a little bit of meal prep, do the meal prep. If it's, well, I don't know, going for a walk, five minutes, two minutes, whatever it is, that's five or two minutes and stuff like that that you didn't, you know, do before you joined or or before working whatever coach that you have, like, you know, worked on or worked with. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, when people go from zero to, you know, some people think, and a lot more people than you would think, isn't it, that will go from doing nothing, like, right, okay, I'm getting fit and healthy. And then suddenly it's like four or five sessions a week, you know, so you're like four or five hours in the gym every day. And I'm like, what su- supplements do I need? I'll take this, that, and the other. And then they still have a diet that's basically built up of shit and they don't have any of the basic habits. And they think that in like an hour every day in the gym and then just sitting around not doing anything else is going to change it's going to make proper progress and what happens then a few weeks in is, is they give up because they're not seeing the results that they want to see and it's just a recipe for disaster yeah like big time like you know everybody's subjected to like you know they like perfect or 100 percent, and like you've got to realize you know the nothing's 100 percent. they're perfect and stuff like that. it's a continuation or a learning process for life and stuff like that learn from your snakes get up move on and I know it's easier said than get up and move on and stuff like that when we may potentially haven't been, you know, through certain struggles or life challenges that people have been through. But like then is you're making the best out of your bad situation. But when people are subjected, like, you know, to, you know, taking, you know, said product and stuff like that because it's going to get them to a particular position quicker, it's, it's psychologically and stuff like that just going to mess the person up. Like I know, like last night, like, I'm not obviously not going to name names or channels and stuff like that, but there's, there was a program on last night, whatever. And it was like, you know, about people making changes to their appearances and stuff like that, whatever. And there was only one medical professional and stuff like that, that turned around and said, Oh, well potentially, you know, if you go and look after yourself before having to get to this, if you're really deeply and truly unhappy with yourself, well then, you know, making this change and stuff like from a cosmetic thing. But I'm like, I'm looking at it as like, if you get up and do the smallest, the simplest of tasks rather than paying six and a half fucking grand to, I don't know, some cosmetic place, whatever, to get whatever done, yeah. you could potentially invest that into, you know, yourself. I know they are investing it, but they're probably injecting it into themselves, is investing it into themselves from a holistic approach. As I said, that's to everybody mm-hmm. that comes working with me, I said, there'll be no pills, there'll be no cleanses, there'll be no diets per se, because I don't like using the word diet because it's like restrictive. But like, then yeah. it's like, it's a lifestyle change, a lifestyle habit. So, like, imagine investing five and a half, six and a half grand and stuff like that into yourself, you know, from a holistic approach and how better you'll feel. For me, I know it's going to come across quite harsh to probably some of your listeners because I know it's probably 
predominantly female and who I work with is predominantly female as well but I'm brutally honest in what I do and my approach is everybody wants a fucking quick fix and yeah. um, I was like where does it stop is that you can't have a quick fix quick fix quick results goes even quicker and then you're back to square one and you're wondering why you've gone from I don't know said size I don't know whatever close size in there now it was like six eight or depending if you're shopping pennies or whatever and you're back up to like 16 or 18 and you can't understand why it's because the approach that you've that you've taken and stuff like that hasn't been sustainable and I see it that you know with anybody you know that comes through the doors and people that I talk to just regularly but it's like they've done all of this thing and like then it's like it's, it's Big massive results, but what I say to them is, if you're doing something for something for ten to twelve weeks and expecting the last six, seven, eight years of your struggles that you've been struggling with said problem to be undone in that time frame, well then you're setting yourself up for an unrealistic, you know, expectation. As yeah. like you can't undo all that, you know, um, past and previous six, seven years or maybe longer for some people. It could stem from childhood. Is that you can't do that in the ten to twelve week period. I said, that's like a foundation phase and stuff like that is where you're learning, you know, and you're making headway, you're making progress. And then like brick by brick, you're, you're layering on it. You know, as I said to people, that's why I use it analogy wise, lay the foundations, brick by brick, you get to the top, you'll be able to put on the roof and put on your heat and everybody's happy and cozy and stuff like that as a direct result. But only then, because like you've built a solid foundation base, which is 10 to 12 weeks, not expecting your whole life to change in 10 to 12 weeks. You know, just, exactly. And like, you know, if you weigh 10 stone or if you weigh 16 stone or whatever, you're still going to be the same person. You're just going to weigh lighter. Yeah. So <laughs> unless you actually do the work on yourself, you know, you, you need to be it, like your purpose for actually losing weight and getting fit, you know, needs to be not because you hate yourself. Yeah. You know, it should be because you love yourself and you want the best for yourself, because at the end of the day, you're still going to be the same person inside. So if you still have those feelings of not being enough. You know, that is something that, that needs to be worked on. And um, it's and being weighing a certain weight or being a size 10 or whatever it is, is not going to fix that. Yeah, like 100%. And it, but it's, it's, the, it's the the thing, like maybe, like not, 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 not everybody and stuff like that, but some potential, you know, people can get caught up in other coaches and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, that weight loss and fat loss and stuff and conflicting information and, like weight loss is the number on the scale like you know fat loss is the changing of your body body fat you know and the reduction in it and stuff like that if i want to weigh less and stuff like i'll chop off my leg and stuff like that and going to weigh less but like from a body fat perspective and stuff like that or weight perspective it doesn't take into consideration you know your organs and all of these things and stuff like that because like it's just weighing you as whatever weight and stuff like it doesn't take into consideration how you look um, you know, like from a body fat perspective, because as I said, the people, ladies, is the easiest thing, or guys now, because they're more conscious and aware. It's like if you got someone that's eighty kilos, and like is like you no, know, is like doesn't go to the gym and stuff like that. It's a completely different body shape. And you've got someone that's eighty kilos and goes to the gym and stuff like that. They're still eighty kilos, same the same weight, but a totally different body shape. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, people don't understand it. And I was like, you know, I was like, try to break it down for people and give them the ha moments and stuff like that or the golden nuggets or whatever, you know, that resonates with them. But like, as they'll always be brought back to that number is because of something that stems from childhood. And I know it and stuff like that because, like, you know, when we're growing up and like in every Irish household, majority of it is like, 
Well, Jesus Christ, you put on a little bit of weight, or uh, do you know, do you see Johnny down the road there? He's after putting on a little bit of weight. He must be away in college, or you know, he's gone into secondary school, or whatever the case is. And it's, these little things have a knock-on effect, or the top of the conversation. Jesus, how much have you lost? It's like reverting back to the number and stuff like that, and like the person is like creates this like psychological warfare within their own head. It's like, re if I'm not ten stone or seven stone or whatever stone, is I'm not happy. And always linking it back to that result and stuff like that of like, right, I've got to be 10 stone, 7 stone in order to be happy. But like then is if they were 10 stone and completely different body shape, they would be 10 times happier and stuff like that within themselves because it's how they want to perceive themselves and stuff like that. If we can slowly shift them away from a numbers perspective. Yeah, I totally think that's probably one of the hardest challenges when it comes to mindset, isn't it? Like the... um the getting away from the scales. Now, the scales, like, I don't kind of tell my clients that they don't have to use the scales. You know, they can still use it. But, like, I insist on measurements. I insist on photographs yeah. because, but even so, I, I've had clients who, you know, are look, I'm showing them photos side by side. And because their weight hasn't changed much, they can't actually see. They're like, I can't yeah. see it. <laughs> and and it's just it's amazing how our minds work that we that and like their measurements are showing it like for example myself I've started kind of getting my own ass in gear now and I'm kind of tracking and I'm um wait I'm measuring myself every week and I'm, I am measuring my my weight as well but I so I obviously within a week my weight didn't change but I'd lost I'm trying to think was it now we have four centimeters off my waist three centimeters off my hips in a week of just literally tracking every day and getting my workouts in and getting out for walks. But my weight hasn't changed. I can see it in my photos. Whereas, you know, a lot of people won't, won't see it in their photos unless the scales has come down. But we need to remember, like you said, body composition. So like a pound, the pound of fat and a pound of muscle both weigh a pound, but a pound of fat is going to look much larger and floppier on a body than a pound of muscle that's going to literally be tighter, smaller on the body. So your whole body is going to look way smaller for the same weight as yeah. you start to build muscle, as you start to lose body fat. Just because you're, lose, you're not losing weight doesn't mean you're not losing body fat. Yeah, and that's that's the thing and stuff like that. Is like I've seen like, the, the most recent picture that that's obviously that's what you put up. Yes. Um, and that's like, you know, it's incredible to hear and stuff because that's what like, I promote and stuff like that. Yes, we'll use the weight and stuff as a as a measurement and stuff like that, a certain degree, but it's not the be all and end all and stuff. And it's to help people understand or switch that, you know, shift, you know, from that perspective of just using it. And, you know, I've seen, you know, your results and stuff like that. And I can understand how much it means and stuff like that. But you're not just using slowly one, one metric. As I say, one of the ladies within the coaching program, she's 51 and stuff like that, whatever. And she said, only in the last two to three years and stuff like that has everything changed for her because of the work she's done on herself to remove that element of like you know being defined by a number on the scales and i said that number doesn't define you your success or your happiness and stuff yeah. like that i said and she was like oh, i've never really thought about it like that but then when we've done the work on the mindset switch and stuff like that of it like and i'm not a psychologist and stuff like that so just in case anybody's looking or listening wherever you are listening to it not a psychologist but like what i've done on myself and work with mentors, incredible ones, and being around people like yourself and stuff like that, Kate, is you learn about these different things. You know, and it's yeah. like that. And it's if if the mindset is not there and stuff like that, everything else, you know, you can try everything underneath the sun, but it's not going. It's not going to stay. And it's like that without that mindset switch or the penny drop moment, 
everything that you will do will be incredibly hard unless you can just like have a little bit of self-reflection and be less harsh on yourself as a direct result. Yeah, and you're not going to enjoy it. It's like, you know, going on this incredible hike and literally just, you know, headphones in, face down and not actually taking in the scenery. And when you get to the top of the mountain, not being like, wow, isn't this fantastic? You know, you're not actually going to enjoy it if you're like, oh, yeah, it's great. I, I you know, I did this, I did that. Oh, yeah, but I still, I still weigh 75 kilos. <laughs> you know, and, you know. Well, that's the thing is, it's, 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 it's part of, obviously, I think it's not probably just an Irish culture and stuff like that, but it's, a, it's probably a global thing and stuff like that. But we can only speak from an island perspective, I know it's more prominent here and stuff like that. I've seen it, you know, family members and I've seen um, family members, like, you know, kids and stuff like that or certain things that are said. And I'm like, whoa, child is going to be an absolute fucking nightmare when they grow up and stuff because they don't, like, you know, you tell them one thing and then you tell them the next thing and said they're com completely confused. Like, you know, I can only speak from, you know, being a new new dad and stuff by myself with my daughter and stuff like that. I was like, She'll eat what I'll eat. She'll do what I'll do and stuff like that. She's got no fear. And it's like, that again, I'll let her make her own decisions for herself. You know, I was like, I'm yeah. not going to tell her. Like, she's not going to understand anyway. She'll just scream back at me. But it's like, she'll, if she doesn't want to eat, she won't eat. And that's it. But I'll make sure, like, you know, over the course of the day, she'll have eaten and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't have any services knocking at my door and stuff like that. Anybody's listening or whatever. I do feed my child. Um, but at the end, I'm not going to, like, you know, go, right, you've got to eat X, Y, and Z and stuff and expect them to sit at a table and, like, develop this, like, you know, unearthly kind of image of themselves and stuff like that. But if, if I don't eat, I don't get fed and I go hungry because I've seen it and stuff like that with, like, certain people. And stuff like that, that I know, friends of mine and stuff, is like, don't get off from the table. If you don't get off from the table, you're going to go to bed hungry. And then the child just sits there and they eat and eat and eat until they feel like they're going to burst. Or the adult, for that case as well. You know, which is, you know, it's not a nice image to be portraying and stuff like that, you know, to to your kids or, you know, to even to other adults or being amongst other adults and stuff like that. When you have enough, you have enough. Yeah, and it's it's funny, a lot of our mindset in relation to food really does stem from childhood. And yeah. like, I'm, you know, I have three kids myself, so like, and it's so challenging um, how to kind of navigate that, you know, with, with kids. Like I, you know, and all three of my kids have been so different. And it is like, you know, we were all drilled in, you know, you finish what's on your plate, you know, think of the starving people in the world, you know, that we're never going to get the food <laughs> the anyway. But, you know, yeah. it was, and it was my, I remember it was my nana, it was my mum, and it was like, you can eat that or you're not getting anything else, or, you know. And sometimes I do find myself, myself still saying that to my kids, and I have to stop myself yeah. and be, and be like, okay. And, you know, particularly, what, how old is your daughter? Uh, she's 14 months. Yeah, so like she's a baby. So like at that stage, you know, it is about them just tasting different foods and, yeah. you know, not being afraid or just because you don't like a food, not letting your child try a food. Or like when my kids were that small, I used to be terrified that they would choke. So like I wasn't yeah. afraid of giving them things that, like you know, anything that would make them gag. I'm like, oh, no, I can't. And then I kind of paid for that afterwards because um, like my five year old, if he could get away with it, would still eat all his dinners pureed if I'd let him. Obviously, he's oh, in school now. He's not allowed to have yeah. his dinners pureed anymore. <laughs> but um, so you know, a kind of bit of backtracking to do there. Like there's so many things we can kind of end up doing to our kids kind of without even realizing. But I also think it's important oh, not to beat ourselves up and just kind of to be aware of being like, oh, I sound like my mother or oh, I sound like my granny or whatever, you know, and then being like, what do I actually want for them? 
and then just let them, like you say, let them explore it, let them eat with their hands, let them try different foods. And it's funny, like, like you say, a lot of households would be, have lots of kind of crap in the house. And if the, if it's there, the kids are going to sit around and eat it all. If it's not there, they can't have it. Yeah, um, I haven't. My older fella now is thirty, is nearly thirteen. So he's getting to the stage now. He's going going out with his friends for a while, and he's going in. And God, God knows what he's eating when he's in the shop. <laughs> but that's fine because I feel like I sh- I've kind of built the foundations, and I know yeah. when he's at home, he's having a healthy breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and whatever crap he eats when he goes out with his friends. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's like you know, like like I've just eaten these and stuff like that to her, like before I go training and stuff like that, just some yeah. quick, quick food and stuff like give me a pick-me-up. But it's like people and stuff like that, like being openly honest about it and stuff, like interpretation of when they come to my house and stuff, like I'm going to the fitness guy's house. In the fitness guy's house, there's only lettuce and tomatoes and that's all we're going to be fed with our cup of tea. And it's like, you can go you can go to the cupboard in my, my house here and stuff like that where we're renting and stuff and it's full of quote-unquote bad food and stuff like that. It's like, you have a decision and stuff like that said to people when they come over if you want to eat it eat it don't be just not eating it because i'm here i couldn't give a fiddlers what you do do you know yeah. if you want to munch on the whole bag just munch on the whole bag but that's your choice that's your decision there's no difference when i sit down and have my meals and stuff at the weekend with with my family and stuff like that whatever do you know if we have a takeaway or if i have like christmas pudding and custard my big thing if i want to have it i'll have it i'm not going to feel guilty about it because at the end of the day, it's my choice at the end of the day and stuff like that. And nine times out of ten and stuff like that, like, we're not that we can get away with it. But it, again, is we're doing an awful lot more um, to know to be able to combat it and stuff like that. So you're maintaining. And it's like, everybody's a winner. I get to enjoy it and I don't have to worry about it. And I think that's the thing and stuff like that. If it's not in your house, if you're someone that struggles with it, don't have it in your house. Or in my case, like, I, as I'm looking out the window now, and stuff like that. I'm li- living next door to the shop, so if somebody did have a sweet tooth and stuff like that, they were fucked if they lived here and stuff. And that's, yeah. that's the big thing. But it's like if you don't, if you have, if you struggle with it and stuff, don't have it in the house. And that's as simple as that. It's black and white. There's no in between. And um, obviously, if there's like you know other issues and stuff like that, it's like outside of my scope of practice. Uh, I'd always refer out to somebody if I knew there was red flags. And I was like, well, this is not my gig here. Um, I need to kind of refer, or would you be willing to talk to such and such, whatever. And that's the thing, it's like understanding, like, you know, some people do have, like, um, underlying issues that obviously me as a coach, that it's not in my remit and stuff like that. And I can't pretend to plaster over the cracks and could be doing the person worse harm or more harm, should I say, and stuff like that because of what I may or may not have said and stuff like that. And I have, it has happened in the past and stuff like that where I've said words in coaching and the person just sat there or sits there and then starts crying. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And it's like, then it's like, oh, you said this, whatever. And it just reminded me of this, whatever. And I was like, all right, sorry. You know, I was like, I, I just got to be more careful with my words. And um, obviously I've learned along the way and stuff like that as well. But it's like, then as I say, when it comes to eating and stuff like that, we should never, not that we should never not have anything. But like then and it's like we make our own choices and like then if you do struggle and stuff like that and you're on your journey is like not to have said packet of I don't know, sweets, M and M's, chocolates, revels, whatever the case may be, in your house, if you know it's gonna self sabotage yourself as a direct result. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think nutrition is so personal like like you said, you know, that you can say one thing and it it can be so t- such a touchy subject for people. 
yeah. you know, it can take huge courage for people to start making changes to their nutrition. And um, there's a lot of emotion tied up to it. But also the way I eat is going to look different to the way you eat to, uh, to the way the person beside you eats. Everyone has different things they enjoy, things they don't enjoy and different habits around food. And it's about recognizing what habits are kind of getting in your way. And like, I've tried every diet under the sun, you know, you name it, I've done it over the years. Um, and it's only in recent years that I kind of feel like I've got to a good balance. I, I know if someone says to me, you can't have Cadbury's chocolate, it's literally all I'll think about all day. I'd be like, oh God, I'd love, I'd love a dairy milk. Oh, I'd love a dairy milk. I'd love a Freddo. I'd love it, you know. Um, so I will always, like I'm tracking my calories at the minute. I don't always. I kind of all summer was 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 much looser with my nutrition, whereas now I'm kind of tightening it up for the next eight weeks, eight to 10 weeks or so. Um, but I will save 100 to 200 calories every evening to have some chocolate with my cup of tea. So yeah, I buy the little Freddo bars, like the little tip I'd give, you know, in, re in relation to including stuff you enjoy is like, I can't buy those giant, you know, share bars, you know, those big <laughs> bars, because yeah. what happens is we'll open it up. Dave will have a strip or two of it, like, you know, and he'll have his crisps and his popcorn or whatever else. And I'll sit there and I'll eat the whole rest of the bar. And I'll, I'll say to him kind of halfway, but I'll take that away now. I've had enough. And then I'll go off and I'll make another cup of tea and I'll just, I'll take it back. You know, whereas if I have a Freddo, I, you know, I might go for a second one or even a third one. If it's a Saturday night, we're watching a movie. But if I'm getting up for my fourth one, I'm like, oh, OK, come on. <laughs> so I think little tricks like that really help with balance, being able to, you know, so like getting rid of the share bags and just getting the little multi-pack versions of crisps, popcorn and um, bars makes a huge difference, I think. Yeah, 100 percent. Like, like I 110 percent pull my hand up and stuff. I would eat the whole thing. And stuff i'm not going to share with anybody and stuff like whether it's share bag of potato or chocolate and stuff like that is like you want your own you get your own and stuff like that and that's but that's the thing but if it's like you know if it's there and stuff like that you're more inclined to eat it like and that's 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 the big thing and stuff like that like you know people have got to realize like you know, if you want as you said then as i say to everybody that comes within coaching like for me i don't believe um in meal plans and stuff like that to a certain degree with, within certain contexts and stuff like that um just using my own clients as an example because like then i want to educate them and guide them and give them the knowledge and stuff like that so they can make their own informed decisions like so many people and stuff like that like as i say to them and who have come to me and stuff like so i can only speak from my coaching um element is all right so what meal plan am i going beyond i'm like you're not going beyond a meal plan I was like, what, what are you going to do if you want to go out with your, your wife, your partner, your girlfriend, whatever, your boyfriend and, and stuff like that and have a meal? What are you going to do? You're going to whip out your meal plan and just pop it down there and beside the table and go, right, I'll have a look here now. Oh, that's not on the menu, so I can't have it. I'm not going to eat. And that's yeah. the thing. Yesterday, like, coaches will, you know, they'll say, right, I give choice and stuff like that. But like, again, it's like you're still having an element of restriction and stuff like that is informed the person to make their own informed decisions and stuff like that in the best possible way you know and like i say if you want you like you know you've rightly said it there your chocolate allow yourself to bank and stuff like that think about calories like you know your bank account you get like whatever number that you're on and stuff like that and at the end of every day like you know or the end of every week you know it resets back to set amount and that's the thing is like over the course of week on average and stuff like if you're not going above it and stuff like that well then you're going to be in your quote-unquote you know deficit and stuff like that and it's going to help you on your merry way to you know changing your body shape and getting your result but if you are constantly spending over it 
well then you're not going to fucking change you're going to like stay the same or potentially prolong your your, your results out like and that's that's the thing is like including everything that you can within remittance or within um within your food you know lifestyle change and stuff like that is going to be incredible rather than trying to restrict it and you know feel like you know you're going to chew your arm off you know when you're watching in my case fair city in the evening because like again it's you just you're just going to be like a miserable guts especially coming into christmas especially you know social occasions kate and stuff is you know you've got christmas around the corner celebrations quality street heroes selection boxes they're all going to be around and stuff like that and the last thing you want to be your last thing you want to do is to restrict it you want to be able to enjoy it you know as we've all been through um the last two and a half years of we didn't know whether we we're coming or going um and it's like then it's probably the most normal of christmases and stuff like that coming this year and stuff and like then is the time to like you know be as normal as possible i know we shouldn't just use social occasions like christmas and stuff like that to be present and be with our families it should be every fucking day is what i say to everyone it's not just 25th of fucking december and it's like we we have a big massive party and we pretend we love each other what happens mm. to the other 64 days of the year but i'm just using that as an example and stuff like this because it's one of the occasions that's coming up yeah it's like we should should be able to incorporate all these little things and stuff into our lifestyle as we're going and if you do have to tighten it up and stuff like that and drop certain stuff out to push and bring and progress you on a little bit further, well, then that's what you've got to do. You know, you've just got to be aware of it, that you can't. You can't be all plain sailing, unfortunately. Yeah, we kind of, like, we're not going to achieve anything by kind of staying in our comfort zone. We really do, like, no growth happens in the comfort zone, so you have to step out of your comfort zone. Um, but like you said, not get to the point that you're restricting everything, and then, obviously, that's not going to last long-term. But stepping out of the comfort zone and challenging yourself and making the little swaps... Yeah, that, you know, getting the walk in or, you know, swapping the big bar for the little bar. And, you know, maybe like another thing I wouldn't do is I try not to have chocolate early in the day. You know, as much as I'd love a chocolate bar at my lunch, I can't because if I have a chocolate bar at my lunch, then I just want more sugar all day. Whereas I, I look forward to it in the evening and that works for me. So it's about finding what works for you, kind of building your day with stuff that's going to nourish you, you know, your protein, your carbohydrates, your fats, and then adding in the extra bits that you enjoy. And it is really important to keep your goals in mind, as you were saying, you know, that if your goal is fat loss, then you need to, you do need to be in a deficit like a bank account. If you are if you're eating more than what you're expending, you're going to gain body fat. So you need to bring that number down so that just just a slight bit so that you're gradually under. So you're you're consuming less calories than what you're actually expending. And over time, it will add up to big results. And it doesn't have to feel that hard if you organize yourself properly, I think. Yeah, and that's the thing. And you know, if one tip to your clients and stuff like that, and it's like, don't take this as gospel now. But like, you know, if you remove bread, you'll definitely lose weight 10 times faster. But we know that is not the truth. So like anybody that's listening back to it is yeah. don't believe that. So when you do is like, you, as Kate said, you have to be able to enjoy everything. And stuff like that and if something's not moving something's got to give and then you just make the necessary adjustments to get there unfortunately and stuff like that like there's no such thing as any food being the devil and stuff like that or the the clothes fairies come out at night and sew your clothes together so to make them whatever you know tighter it doesn't work like that like you know it's like you make the necessary changes you're putting into your mouth and stuff like that so things are not changing you've got to make a change or an adjustment and um, mm -hmm. per se and stuff like that to, be the catalyst on your journey. 
Yeah, and it's like it doesn't make you a bad person. Like we we all have faults. We all no one's on it all the time, and it is very much kind of a trial and error. Like I, you know, weight loss, the healthy lifestyle in general is an experiment. You try something, yeah. right? That doesn't work. What did I learn from that? What can I do now? Keep moving, and once you keep, once you never give up. And you're like, right, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? And then take a step forward and try something else. And I don't mean diet by diet. I mean, oh, I tried to have X, Y, and Z to eat today. That didn't work. Why didn't it work? And, you know, changing it or, you know, I I went to the gym and, you know, I really hated it. Why did I hate it? What can I change? And finding a lifestyle that works for you, because what I think is so important is it needs to be straightforward. It needs to be enjoyable, but you do need to step out of your, your comfort zone and you do need to be organized. I th- think they're the most important things. Oh, 100%, you know, consistency and stuff like that. Like, you know, stepping outside the comfort zone, being structured and planned and prepared and stuff like that, you know, to offset, you know, challenges. Like, you know, if, I, if I go out in the car today and stuff like that, whatever, and I don't have anything with me now, I don't have anything cooked, but if I knew I was going out and I'm away and next thing all of a sudden I get a fucking flat tyre and stuff, but that's going to drive me into overdrive. Next thing, like, if I stop outside a petrol station, I'm not going to, like, reach for, like, if I haven't got it prepared, I'm going to go into the shop. But if I have it prepared and stuff like that within my car and stuff like that and given scenario and stuff, I'm going to eat that instead of going into, you know, and creating more stress for myself or potentially going off focus or a falling off plan here now but like then as you, you people have got to understand that you know it's like life cho- challenges in in different ways and stuff and it's how they react and respond to it like you know be proactive as opposed to reactive in yeah, your definitely. approach to certain things and like you know it's like learn from your mistakes and stuff as you said not moving from diet to diet but if you know i'll speak for myself and stuff like that with my coach like because you know, my goals for 2023 and stuff like that have changed and it's like be like john you can't eat said food group 24 7 because like from a body compositional point of view and stuff like that it's going it's not going to help you and stuff like that you know you're going to leave yourself mountains to climb so like then we just made small little tweaks and that was the thing there was no like well you can't have that was like reduce an element of it and then just fill it in with something else and that was that's you know what we did like you know and it was a thing and as, as we talked about it, it's like you've got to understand, you know, people have got to understand they've trial and tested it and stuff like that, but not going from said culture to said culture and stuff like that, or from coach to coach and stuff like that. Like, yeah. we see it and stuff like that. People will come to different coaches, you know. If, we're like, as, it, as, it, as I say, as rootless as it sounds, is like if somebody has gone to four different coaches and stuff like that and they come to you or I and stuff like that and they have you know who potentially have worked with and you know well then it's like then is it the coach's problem or is it a you problem and stuff like that and it's it's just to understand these things and stuff like that what you've tried and tested you've learned nothing because like again is you just want the easiest possible route to get your destination and, and without putting in a little bit of hard work and graft it's no difference i know, I know you, you know with your business kate me and stuff like that with my business my own uh, going back to study and stuff like that, nutrition course, completely outside my comfort zone and stuff like that. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go again, have to study. And I'm like, this morning before I jumped on um, with yourself and stuff like that, taking an exam. I was like, oh, fuck, what about now if I fail? And stuff like that. And it was like, I didn't fail, just everybody listening back. But like then I, was, I wanted 100%, I didn't get 100%. But yeah. completely outside my comfort zone, but that's all right, I'll learn from it. I'll go back and I'll research and stuff with said questions that I didn't, answer right 
And as I say, go with your gut instinct and stuff like that. It's like, what happened to me? I changed my answers and hey, presto, I didn't get the fucking the marks that I was looking for. But I still passed. And that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, and we never have to be perfect. That's yeah. the, the whole exciting part of it all, I think. Yeah, and that's 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 the thing. It's like, you'll never be perfect and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's like, you just never will be and stuff like that. I know I've told you about my journey and stuff like that. Like, when I step on stage, it's always perfect. And looking back at the picture, I was like, I changed that, so wouldn't I change that as well? <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, like, we're never going to be fully happy with anything. And um, I just, yeah, like, the perfection thing, it can just be so, so harmful. And it's just so important to remember that there is no such thing. Yeah, and that's, but that's, that's the thing is, like, you know, you... you when you start off, you want everything to be perfect because you want to have the polished product and or the polished service and the polished business and stuff like that. But it's a constant tearing down of your business and stuff like that or your journey and stuff like that. Well, that didn't work. So how can I, you know, build or, you know, learn from it? So like getting in is I can, you know, push myself or progress myself on forward. And it's like the end is like when you realize that there's no such element of perfection or perfectionism 100%. But then you'd probably be a, you know, a little bit happier within yourself of how, you know, you're moving or however far along you are in your journey and stuff like that, you know, with whoever you may be with or, you know, where you see yourself going is realize that it's a continual learning process. Life is and stuff like that is something that was said to me is like life is a game we play, John. Nobody's getting out alive. So like again is true. Yeah. You know, is you know, do what you can and stuff like that. Stop trying to be perfect. Yeah, and I think we really like the most. Another thing that that is just so harmful is this fear of failure that everybody has. Like everyone sees failure as this terrible thing, but failure is actually what we learn from. So, like talking about your studies there, for example, if you had failed, what's the worst thing that would have happened? You'd have had to just go back, review, and resit the exam. Yeah, and you'll probably have learned more from that experience, and that. So it's like, you know, it's not, and it's like, you know, a child learning to walk. When they're learning to walk, they don't just, you know, they fall down. They don't go, all oh, right, I can't do that now. And then I won't do that again. You know, they get <laughs> up, they try again. It's the same with learning a bike, learning to ride a bike. Some of us, you know, particularly any of us in our 30s, um, might not have tried something new for years, especially if you're at the stage where you're having kids and you're just, you're looking after them and you kind of fall into this cycle. But um, by like stepping out of your comfort zone, like you said, do something that's, that feels a little scary but like literally being like, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, yeah. but that's, that's the thing is like, you know, you come off whatever, like I said, one of the most fearful experiences me is stepping in, out on stage and stuff and in my jocks and stuff like that, competing under the guidance of Brian and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is <laughs> really different and stuff like that. But like, it was terrifying and stuff like that. Like, you know, I was like, you know, as the, as the saying goes, like when you step on stage and you picture everybody in your in in their boxers or the the briefs or whatever and stuff like their underwear, but it was they were all fully clothed. I was the one that was in my boxers and stuff like that, whatever. Yeah. But it like, really fearful. But like then, is it grew me as a person, or the the person he developed me as a person as well. You know, both physically and mentally and stuff like. Because I was like, well, if I can do that, I'm pretty sure that I can do majority of things that is going to come my way and if I don't can't Clarify, do the rest of this was a, a bodybuilding show was it that you did yeah it was, a, it was a bodybuilding show yeah so like it was a it was a beach body competition or not beach body competition it was a bodybuilding show but it was a beach body category and um, that I competed in and stuff like that under as I said under the guidance of Brian and it was like one of the most terrifying things but 
because of, of the unknown, what was to be expected and not the journey in itself, which took like 11 months. Um, but like I say, like, you know, negative, um, negative comments fuel that journey um, and stuff like that without obviously not going into names and stuff like that, but with a coach that would, with the importance of finding someone that's right for you, like a coach said to me, yeah. is like, you don't have the genetics, you'll never be able to do it. So like then it's creating that fear element and stuff like that within me already. And I was like, oh fuck, question myself. But then obviously fast forward, reach out, whatever. And I go to, go to Brian and stuff like that. And he's like, no, we'll have you up there. We'll have you in your jocks if you want to be in the jocks on stage and stuff like that, whatever. And it was the reason why I did it and followed through on it because it's to showcase right, using that negative influence and stuff like that from somebody to tell you that they can't do something and then just prove them wrong. Now, it's I've, shocking to me that someone said that to you, that, you know, you can't do this, that you shouldn't. You know, who is anybody to tell someone else that? I think it's it's something that you need to dig deep and look in yourself. And you're so lucky that you found Brian. Like, I love Brian. He's my favorite person. Yeah. We're talking <laughs> about Brian Keane here um, from Brian Keane Fitness. Um, both myself and Jonathan have um, have benefited so much from um, from knowing Brian and working with Brian. But um, that he was able to, to instill that confidence in yourself again. Um, yeah, 100%. You know, yeah. like and like you know, forever grateful and stuff like that. And that's the reason why I went back and like did the the business element with Brian because that like knowing trust and rapport and friendship was there and stuff like that. You know, from it and is yeah. like you know, is my thing and stuff like that. When somebody says to me, "No, I can't do that. I can't do that. It's not possible," and I was like, "Yes, it is. Believe me, it most certainly it is. Most certainly it is. Go back. I'll send you on the picture of what I thought wasn't possible because of what was said to me, and knowing with the right people in your corner." anything is possible and stuff like that. If you wanted to know, well, within probably remit and stuff like that, say and stuff like that, you can't probably be present violent, but we'll try. But it's like, you can do anything you want and stuff like that. Like, as I say, like from a personal experience from that time and stuff like that, I knew anybody that I came into contact with, I could change their life. Because like then I could do that and stuff like that over in the UK on my own and stuff like that. No, nobody and stuff, making great friends backstage and stuff with all these guys and stuff like that. And being able to do it, anything is possible and stuff like that. Regards your goals, your career, whatever you want to achieve and stuff like that. If you want a big fancy gaff, whatever, like you know, the, I don't know, whatever your favorite car is outside and two poodles and whatever the case, and a nice uh, family and stuff. Anything is possible. You just gotta be able to work for it and know that it is with the right people in your environment to help you know things flourish and you know grow and develop and stuff like that as a result. That's fantastic. And I think that's such a great place to finish. We are so much power, more powerful than we actually give ourselves credit for. And if everyone could just believe in themselves um, a little bit more, like you'd be absolutely shocked by what you can actually achieve. Um, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming and talking to me today. I have loved the conversation. Um, just for anyone who might want to reach out to you, especially in relation to wedding prep, because I know there are people that will be listening that will have weddings coming up. Where can people connect with you? and um, any information you want to share. Yeah, so like anybody can contact me on Instagram at Jonathan underscore Hickey, um, or you can contact me, add me as a friend on Facebook and stuff like that, just Jonathan Hickey, um, or my business Facebook page is JH slash fitness and stuff, and um, you'll see it. I'm based in Ennis in County Clare and stuff like that, so usually if you potentially type that in, it'll come up in some shape or form. And, but you work with people online as well, don't you? It's not just... Yeah. It does, no, it's not like, I'm not geographically, nice. like, yeah. I'm not, like, you know, stuck to just Ennis and stuff like that. Like, so I, I do work with people in Donegal and stuff like that, Wexford, Carlow, um, Westmead and stuff. So, like, again, is 
wherever you are and stuff like that, like, you know, we can totally accommodate um, to where you want to go and stuff like that, you know. So it's not just an in-person element of it, but you'll get that in-person feel and stuff like that from an online perspective. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. And um, I will chat to you soon. Thanks. Perfect. Thanks so much, Kate.